Hello and welcome to Business Leader Conversations, a new show where we'll be talking to interesting and inspirational figures from across the business world. Today, we'll be speaking to Carrie Rose, the founder and CEO of Rise at Seven. The 27-year-old set up the agency just 18 months ago, which has since grown to a company of over 60 employees uh, and nearly a £4 million turnover. We're very happy to have Carrie with us today. If you'd like to find out more about Business Leader, our print magazine or events network, uh, please visit us at businessleader.co.uk. We'll get over to Carrie now. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Um, busy today, but that's that's every day. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I can imagine. Carrie, I just want to kind of start um, on the early years. Um, so what was life like for you kind of growing up? And did you feel like you always had an entrepreneurial flair uh, for business from an early age? Do you know what's a really interesting question? Because I guess when I think back to my kind of growing up, I, I see it as a normal upbringing. But then when I speak to other people, I've realized that it's not a normal upbringing. I guess I, I came from a little town called Gainsborough, which is in Lincolnshire. And 95% of people don't leave Gainsborough, not because it's an amazing place to live, just because it lacks ambition. And I actually lived on one of the roughest Council Street um, estates in Gainsborough as well. And I guess there was there was just not many people that had dreams or ambitions or, you know, that sort of thing. And I guess when I grew up, I had lots of dreams. I had lots of ambitions. I've always wanted to run my own business one day, but I just never knew what. I never really had a path or somebody to follow. There was nobody in my business that's ever, in my family, sorry, that's ever ran a business. So I guess it was completely new for me, but I always kind of knew I would do something like this in the future. And then you kind of, um, you went straight uh, from school to kind of university. um, And then you got a number of kind of agency jobs, um, obviously before you started your current job. Um, How did you find working for someone else as you would um, under kind of, you know, someone else's banner? And did you feel like that, that, that experience kind of prepared you for eventually running your own business? Yeah, massively. Um, So I worked in an agency called Branded 3 in Leeds for six years, something like that. Definitely prepared me. What it taught me as what what I wasn't good at, um, what where I needed people t- for me to be better at my job. I worked on large accounts like um, Compare the Market from day one, Claire's Accessories and MTV and GHD. So these was, you know, I was 21 years old when I was working on these accounts, but it threw you into the deep end. I learned a lot of how to be commercial, how to be creative. I even worked on some brands that nobody's ever heard of and I had to make sure that people have actually heard of them. So yeah, I think it definitely set me up for what I've created today. One thing that was definitely transparent or obvious throughout those six years, I think people used to say I was a bit of a nightmare to manage. I was very rebellious. Um, I did my own thing. If I had an idea and if somebody said no, I just do it anyway. So I was one of those. So I think they are traits of somebody that is an entrepreneur, somebody that just goes and do, does their own thing anyway. So it, it was the best experience six years of working at an agency, learning as much as possible. But yeah, you could definitely see that I was kind of carving out my own journey, if that makes sense. When you think back to to kind of those days when you, you know, you've mentioned some pretty big global brands there, do, yeah. do you feel like you were ever kind of intimidated by having to deal with a such large accounts or did you did you not really think of it at that time because I was young and full of energy and I was actually full of confidence at 21 and I still am today but I always remember so there was a very specific moment that I think 
made things kind of click for me. I was at a conference once and I was only young and I didn't really know what I was doing there. Like I just went to learn and some some guy was like, oh, hi, what's your name? And just shook my hand and I was like, oh, carry out. And they said, where do you work? I said, oh, a place called Branded Three, thinking like no one's gonna know who we are. And he was like, you work at Branded Three? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, can I, sh- can I shake your hand? I've always wanted to meet someone at Branded 3. I was like, really? And I, was, I just like shook his hand like, yeah, sure. And I, I was only young, like 21 and just graduated. And I thought, is Branded 3 that big? Like, are we that well known? So I went back to the office a um, couple of days later and I told, you know, one of the directors about the story. I thought, oh, someone come up to me and they really wanted to shake my hand. He went, yeah, Carrie, we're, we're very well known in what we do in, in Europe for search. He was like, we're, we lead one of the biggest blogs um, on the internet for, for SEO and creative content etc and I remember at that time thinking I work for the best company in the world and I remember thinking that I remember thinking like I could go anywhere and people know who Branded 3 is so I remember I got sent to um it was compare the market pitch two weeks later and nothing fazed me because I knew I worked at the best company in the world that's how I felt and I remember thinking they built this culture that everybody was so confident about Brand 3. And that is what I've totally injected into Rise at 7. If you join Rise at 7, the moment you walk through the doors, it's like you get an injection of confidence. And it just makes speaking to big brands so much easier. I could walk into Netflix and just not be phased. And it's that level of confidence that you, you, can, you can teach, um, but it is very hard to get. Let's go back to kind of the beginning, um, your decision to start um, Rise at Seven. How, how did that decision come come you know come about? Um, and what were the first steps you took to create that business? Interesting story. So like I said, I've always wanted to run my own business. Didn't really know what it was I wanted to do. I started doing freelance on the side a couple of years back and I was earning actually quite a lot of money. I had a lot of people wanting to work with me. I was quite in demand. I couldn't really handle taking all of it on. So I just kind of did bits here, here and there. However, I was a big personality at the company that I worked at. And one of the guys, Will, he basically said, Carrie, you need to go on TV. You're just TV gold. So I I went and applied for The Apprentice. So The Apprentice, obviously, with the BBC TV show, you have to create your business plan when you apply. And I didn't realize that you had to do that. So you have to properly have a business plan already. So I applied one drunken night and I got through to an audition. And there was around 40,000 applicants that year. Long story short, I made it through to an audition. I got all the way through to the final rounds. So it went from 40,000 people down to 30. And I was in the final 30. And during that process, it went on for about a month or two. So back and forth to London, etc. And I didn't really know whether I'd actually do the business. I just wanted to get on TV. But when I did the business plan, I basically spoke to one of our directors at the company. And I was like, you know, what's the market look like? What's my competition? What changes do you see? So I did a lot of research and asked a lot of questions and it was very clear that the industry was changing that search really was leaning more into the creative discipline um, and creative area of of the industry and I thought there's no agency that does that so I did some competitive research etc etc and I, I wrote a business plan at the final stage of the apprentice audition you have to present your business plan to Lord Sugar's financial partner and I presented it to him and he ripped it apart, just like the TV show, you know how they kind of like attack everything that you wrote in there. But he actually said at the end, your business plan is too perfect. He said, you've got everything nailed. You knew, I knew how much staff I needed to hire. He knew the industry, the market. Like he asked me like, how much money do I think I'm gonna make in year one, year two? And I had it all down and he just said, you're not going on. And I was like, what? Like, and he said, have you ever watched the show? And I was like, yeah, he went, the people that get on are a bit of a car crash. They've got a good business idea, but there's something missing. And he went, you're kind of 
got it too perfect, too right. At the time, I remember feeling like really let down as it like, I wish I kind of didn't do a perfect business plan. And I was like, oh, okay. Two weeks later, I actually got offered private investment. Somebody who knew that I was applying for The Apprentice didn't go on. They contacted me and said, I'll give you the money instead. I then spoke to the director who gave me all the advice about the industry and competitors, et cetera. And I said, would you come with me? And at first he said no, because his wife fell pregnant and he wanted to settle down. You know, he's worked in agencies for 10 plus years. Another two weeks later, he called me up and said, that business offer, do you want to do it? And I was like, <gasps> so we went and launched it. So from deciding to launch it to actually launching, I think we turned it around in our three weeks. So we just went for it. That's an incredible story, really, is I presume it's, it's Stephen Kenwright that you were talking about. Yeah. 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 So so Stephen's obviously currently your, your, not only your business partner, but he's your CCO of the company too. Yeah. Um, so you've obviously gone about how that relationship started, but what, what do you think makes you work quite well as business partners? Do you think there's any kind of specific thing that kind of makes you guys, you know, kind of work at your optimal level? A lot of people ask me, like, what is the source behind Rise at Seven? And there's so many things that we've got right. We really have. And one of them, and actually I think it's the number one thing, is me me and Ken Wright coming together. Basically, when I was at Branded 3, he, he was the director. And whenever we got sent on a pitch together, I was only young. And they used to send me with him to a pitch. And they'll go, right, go, go win that account. And every time we'd come back with it won. And everyone was like, like how are they doing it? We just had this synergy we have this bond going on where he is very kind of strategic calm analytical business focused whereas i'm creative wild like i can i can sell the dream to anyone and he makes it a reality so we have this synergy going on when we pitch to clients that people buy into me but then they look to him for the to sign the deal if that makes sense and we use that so when we partner together Every time we went into a pitch, we won. We won misguided, go compare, calf kids in. We just kept winning. And it's because of our synergy. And one thing, when we looked into it, like, what is it that makes us two work? Basically, I've read up about um, the visionary and the integrator. And it's a well-known kind of theory of two people coming together and working really well. I'm the visionary. I'm the, the person that thinks about the future, where we're going next. And he's the person that makes it happen. So we work really well together in those senses. It sounds it. And, you know, any, anyone watching this could be excused for thinking that, you know, you guys have been doing this this business for ages. Uh, but obviously, it's only about 18 months old. So it's yeah. still relatively new. Could you just tell us a little bit more about the business and, and kind of your, your growth? So we launched in June 2019. So it's been 18 months. It started with just me and Ken Wright together. And when we launched and announced that me and Ken Wright had joined together, we caught the attention of a guy that works at Misguided. So this was a mutual friend, so somebody in our industry that knew of us. And he, he said, We've, we're going for a pitch tender, but I want to see what you two have got to say. Like, you're, you, I know there's just two of you, but come and, have, come and have a chat. I was like, oh my God, this is Misguided. This could change my life. Like, I thought the sort of clients that I'd be working on from day one was like Tim's Tiles, you know, like really small local brands. And we went into Misguided's um, office we actually took a couple of people with us that pretended to be staff. And we basically was honest and said, these people don't work for us, but they will if you hire us. Like we are awesome at what we do. And it was something that we shouldn't do. Like you're not meant to do that, but that level of transparency, the enthusiasm, the fire in us, we won misguided on the spot. That changed my life, that put us on the map. So we won misguided for UK and US. And from there, we hired those staff and we just kept doing that and growing and growing and growing. So we won 
the likes of Go Compare, Odeon, um, Made.com, House of Fraser. We've done all that in the last 18 months. We was around six staff at the end of 2019. We joined 2020. At this time last year, we had about 14 staff and now we have 60. So I thought, you know, God, that was rapid, fast paced growth. But yeah, in the last six months, we've hired someone every week. So that's been hard during lockdown, but we've grown at an insane rate. We've opened offices in Sheffield, London, and we actually now, two days ago, are registered in the US. So Rise at 7 US is now a thing. So yeah, it's been one heck of a journey. I can imagine. Congratulations. That's Thank very you. exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've chatted to many kind of veteran business leaders who have struggled to, to maintain staff morale and kind of togetherness um, yeah. while working over, you know, working from home over the past year. Um, you know, because for your business specifically, majority of its growth has happened under some kind of lockdown or restriction. Um, so I can imagine that's been quite difficult. How, how have you found that both personally um, and as kind of a, a leader? I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days because I've been feeling, admittedly, really deflated. And it's interesting because on the outside, you know, my mum, my friends, people in the industry are looking at me as success. But I don't feel it. And I'm thinking, I feel a bit robbed of the experience of growing a fast paced company and feeling successful. And the reason being is I can't celebrate. Like I'm stuck in these four walls. I can't leave. And all I'm doing is working 12 hour, you know, 14, 16 hour days. I feel like I don't stop. And I would love to go out and with all my staff and celebrate that we've won, like we won into Flora, massive account for us. And all we did is like sent a slack like oh well done everyone it's not the same and when we first won accounts like I remember when we first won go compare we shut all the doors we had a massive party in the office so this is obviously before lockdown and we just celebrated and that level of celebrating the wins it's just so rewarding and I can't do that at the minute so it's been real deflating for me and obviously I can't complain because you know it's, I'm still successful and doing well on paper and I know one day I will be able to celebrate, but it does knock your motivation. It makes you feel like, oh, it's not really worth it at the minute. However, I have to then keep morale up for the business. And that has been hard. One thing that I will say is I've, I've taken a real transparent approach to the business, really. I am, you know, 27. I've, I've never ran a business before in my life. And I've gone down that route of communicating that, communicating that to every member of staff and saying, do you know what? I don't have all the answers. I've never done this before. And we're on this journey together. So at the minute, it feels like we're on rockets and all the staff are on the rocket with me rather than just some CEO who's run businesses before and doesn't really get involved in the team. I'm very involved in the team. I get my hands dirty. I'm working silly hours, but they can see that leadership um, from that. And they really buy into the journey because they know that I've never done it either. So I guess that's one way that will really boost the morale. We do a lot of like virtual celebrations, like um, we've all get organized like quiz nights and drinks and sent pizzas to people's house and all our takeaways. We've done things like that. We have invested in the office. So despite us not being in the office yet, everybody's waiting to go back because we've just um, invested a lot of money into making it basically one of the best places ever to work. We've got slides, a bar, lots of flamingos and palm trees. You know, it's one of those like cultures of young energy, keeping something to look forward to. People can't wait to go back to the office, meet their like members of staff and meet all of their colleagues, I think has really helped with morale. But yeah, communication and driving leadership from the from the front, I guess, um, or, or even from the back, from being involved in the teams has just helped me really and helped the, helped the team. 
Now, obviously, learning skills, um, or a, any skills really at university, doesn't quite prepare you for the real world, I think it's safe to say. Um, <laughs> how, so over the last 18 months, besides obviously the, the, um, the working from home situation you've already kind of described, what other challenges have you come up across, um, you, know, uh, you know, and have, has it made you question yourself at all? Massive. I do you know what? Somebody did an interview, one of our members of staff did an interview the other day. He was one of our day one staff. So the first, I think the first six, something like that. And they said, What's changed from then till now at Rise at Seven? And he said, Do you know what the biggest thing that's changed? He went, Carrie. And I have. I've learned so much. It's unbelievable. I've learned more about people. When I first started, which is really interesting, I was so confident that I could do anything on my own that I was a bit stupid, naive. I've, I thought, you know, I could run a campaign for anyone from start to end on my own. And you realise what, you, what you're bad at. You realise where I need people and where they can help me be better and then where I can help them. I've learned a lot about what I'm good at and why I should always stick to that. So when it comes to kind of separating tasks and who, who is responsible for what, myself and Ken Wright have like split it based on what we're both good at rather than just kind of pretending to be good at finance or pretending to be good at operations. We've just done the things that we're awesome at and then hired people in to help us. So I've learned a lot about people for sure, or other people, but also myself massively. I feel like I've grown up loads um, in the last 18 months. Um, I'm a bit silly and like fun and, you know, still young, I guess, at heart. But I have grown up a lot and learned what it means to be at the top of a company. And, you know, even down to like what not to say on Twitter, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot, but it's been the best journey ever. Carrie, you're obviously, as you've mentioned, you're only 27, um, you know, young mm. uh, female CEO of a rapidly growing business. Um, have you found any kind of difficulty with working with uh, older, more experienced employees or even other business leaders who might not take you as seriously as probably you would like? Has that been an experience for you at all? Yeah, um, I actually struggled with this at the beginning. Um it sounds mad. I was trying to kind of analyze like why it is. And I, I thought to myself, like, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm young? In the SEO industry specifically, it's full of old white men. That's what it is. So somebody young and energetic coming in and shaking things up a bit, it pissed them off. It did. I got a lot of hate online. I got a lot of Twitter trolls and people kind of, there was one tweet about three weeks in of launching Rise that said, it'll fade away. Rise at seven will never last. And then now that we're doing so well, it's shutting them up a little bit, but it's created like, you know, like Marmite, like lovers and haters. It's created a bit of that. It was interesting because despite myself and Ken Wright literally owning the business half and half and both as like leaders of the company, I got 95% of the hate. I got so much stick on Twitter for, oh, here she is, just a loud mouth this, or um, she's only young, she's never really done it before. You wouldn't believe the sort of stuff that I get. Um, I don't think I was taken seriously. So I felt like I had to prove myself a lot. So you'll probably see on my Twitter and on my LinkedIn, it's kind of like I'm proving myself a lot. I'm sharing my work, I'm sharing my case studies. And that's something that I've been analyzing about myself. Like, who am I, who am I there to prove? Like, it's like I'm, you know, trying to get somebody to go, yeah, she's actually really good. And it, it obviously is working and we're getting clients to sign up to it. But yeah, I definitely, it was hard at the beginning to get that reassurance from other people and that level of respect. But now I've definitely learned to ignore it. So we're gonna we're gonna focus a little bit more arrive at seven and what you guys have achieved. Um, your your agency has obviously um, spearheaded some incredibly viral campaigns. Um, <laughs> is is there any that kind of stands out as one that you've kind of labelled as your favourite to work on so far? 
Ooh, interesting. So there's there's been two. Um, one of them was a campaign that we did called Santone. Um, so I've been again proving myself or proving what is capable in search. And I went to a client, our client one day and I said, I've got this idea, but it's massive. As I was like, it involves out of home, billboards, Instagram filters, social ads, the lot. And I said, if I can run this for you and prove that we can tie out of home and creative with search, and I can do all these like different kind of creative stunts across different platforms, I'll do it pretty much for free. I said, I'll, I'll do that because number one, I need to get the case study for myself. Um, and number two, it's something that I'm I'm keen to learn about. I've never done that before, so I wanted to learn about it. So this was during lockdown. This was when COVID hit, the travel industry was like, like on pause, like nobody could go anywhere. And our client really wanted something to encourage or or get people to love the fact that they have to stay in the UK. So I got a sample of sand from every every beach in the UK. And I basically laid it out in every Pantone shade from all the way from like brilliant white to really darky, like murky brown, Cleforks area. And we created everything from um, micro sites to um, paint flip, flip charts. We did, um, we actually produced the paint colors with Dulux, I think it was, in the color of like Cleforps and, and Skegness, et cetera. We did billboards down in Cornwall. We did stunts with journalists and it went everywhere. I think we got 280 media placements, 10,000 people used the Instagram filter, et cetera. But that, the reason that I loved that one is because it was number one, an experiment. And it was something that I've never done before. And it was something that I could learn. But number two, nobody had done it before. And I just threw myself in and I was like, right, I'll do it for cheaper than normal. Like, um, because I want the case study and it worked. And we won awards. So we've won, I believe, five awards for that campaign. I think the best trait in people is curiosity. So going to learn new things and just being brave. And I think clients at Rise at Seven give that to our staff. They allow you to be creative and be brave with your ideas. So that was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on that, you you know, you uh, when you're working at other agencies, you were, you know, a little bit of a nightmare. You even admitted that. Uh, but if, if how do you did you take those lessons that you kind of learned from, you know, the, the feedback that you'd get about your own kind of creativity and kind of running with an idea? Do you do you give your staff a bit more um, of leeway and kind of creative expression to just kind of do whatever they want? Is that something that's quite important to you? Oh, massive. Massive, Josh. That's why I'm succeeding. I honestly do think somebody said on uh, Twitter again, um, like, I don't know who signs these things off. Like, they're amazing, but like, it's so hard for anyone to get sign off on that. But I encourage it. And I think the fact that it's coming from top down just motivates and inspires people. I hate to say no to people. I got told no a lot throughout my career no you can't go to that conference no you can't work on that client you know there was a dream client once that we won and I said oh can I can I work on that account there's like no and I was thinking oh like why I got told no quite a lot and I hated it I obviously was a bit rebellious so I often did things I shouldn't in terms of like running campaigns behind the scenes and I did a lot of stuff like that but I took that into Rise at 7 for sure and I hate to be the no person so I am the yes person but it's caused me some problems because sometimes people go a bit wild so I've now got somebody in the business that reins them in a little bit um, <laughs> but yeah I think that opening up those doors to be creative and somebody that I guess from top down that encourages it really helps. Yeah, I know that's, that's a really exciting approach to take. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I want to kind of focus a little bit more on on kind of social media because, you know, a lot of what you guys do is is related to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, although the internet definitely has its its upsides, um, how do you feel kind of about the negative side of, of social media, uh, online bullying, et cetera? Is that ever something that kind of crosses your mind? Quite a lot. Like with obviously running the company, I got, I got quite a lot of that. It was hard. I think I've learned. So I'm actually working with a guy called Ash from Great Influence. He looked after Stephen Bartlett um, in terms of his personal brand on social. He's now looking after mine. And I asked him, I said, okay, what was it like looking after Stephen Bartlett's personal brand? Like, did he face, you know, negative hate? And he said, yeah, hundreds. People created memes about him. People like, I think um, I saw a a video once of somebody smashed his windows on his car. Like he got a lot. And he said, successful people do get hate. He said, no matter who you are, you could, I think Meghan Markle, like she's getting a lot of hate right now. And it's like, it's crazy. Like how people use the, you know, the online platforms to give so much abuse. And he's basically just taught me like how to block it out, how to ignore it, that they're not your customer. They're not going to ever buy from you, et cetera, et cetera. I just block it out. I literally block anybody that is negative towards me, that brings me down. Somebody messaged me yesterday saying, hi, Carrie, like, um, I've been following your story for a while. Just thought I'd let you know, two people have been talking about you um, recently um, behind your back saying X, Y, Z. And I don't know who those people are. They're just people in like another, in, in the recruitment industry. I said, why, why have you told me that? Like, I'm, I'm not bothered. Like people can, people can talk whatever they want, but it is strange like how people think it's okay to just share that stuff online. Like you wouldn't just walk up to someone in the street and say those things. Well, I wouldn't anyway. So I just don't, I just don't understand it. But yeah, um, I think social media definitely has its negative side to it, especially for people that are successful. Like successful people do get so much hate. I see the benefits for social because social is 100% what drove, has drove this business. Social is the free platform to marketing. That's that's what we've used. Ken Wright always said this, the price you pay for social media is the trolls. That's that's what you pay. Despite it being free, you do ha- you do pay something and that's the trolling. Yeah. But would, would you say that the positives definitely outweigh the negatives in your opinion? Yeah. You just got to be strong minded. You got to get over it. It took me a while, took me about eight months. But when you realize um, that they're not your audience, it really helps. But yeah, definitely positives outweigh the negatives, I personally think. So we're going to look big, big picture now. Um, yeah. where, where do you see this company growing in 10 years time? Um, obviously, the, the growth that you've had in the last eight, 18 months has been absolutely <laughs> crazy. Fast forward 10 years, where, where are you guys? So we are currently, as I mentioned before, two days ago, we got registered in the US, meaning Rise at 7 US actually exists. We've actually hired our first member of staff and we're hiring another two as well. So the US side of the business will more than likely be the same or we hope to be the same size as the UK. So around 60 staff in both countries, but the UK is growing too. So currently we've outgrown our office in Sheffield. I think we're full now. So we are, our London, London office is growing. We've just expanded our creative offering from social media we're doing we've actually just became a tiktok partner so we're doing content for tiktok now for like multiple brands so i guess those are the areas of focus for sure over the next few years what we're planning is to become the biggest search agency in the world that's literally what we're creating and when we actually do the maths of what that means it probably looks around 200 staff 30 mil revenue something like that so obviously you're an unashamed creative um so I, I know it's a bit of a difficult question to answer, really. But do you see your future, your personal future, solely at um, your agency currently, or do you have another dream opportunity in mind that you'd like to pursue outside of Rise at Seven? 
you know what? Um, I've been thinking about this recently. And yes, I'll more Rise of Seven is my baby. It's kind of like my in my blood. It's it's just me. I'll, I I feel like I don't I don't ever want to leave it. But there is other opportunities for sure that have came up. So um, there's a business that's quite close to my heart that I, I want to launch. Probably not yet, but maybe in the next year. I lost my dad at 15 and there's something that I guess happened at that time and it's really inspired me to launch a business because there's nobody doing what this is and um, so that's something that might be coming up in the next year. Oh watch the space very exciting. <laughs> um, Carrie uh, my last question for you um, we've got a feature on the show where we ask uh, business leaders to answer some of the internet's questions all right. Wow, um, okay. So your, your uh, question from the internet today um, is from Reddit. Um, obviously, you've been doing a lot of recruiting recently, so yeah. I have to ask, what's the worst possible thing to put on your CV? Oh, wow. That one's really hard. Um, what is the worst possible thing? Just words. <laughs> I, I don't read. I don't read CVs. I, I look at the headlines. I look at just visualizing like bullet points of five things you're awesome at or five things that they you could bring to the business. I think, the, especially for myself, I know other businesses are the same, but in what we do, we're looking for people to kind of come in and fill gaps of, okay, what how, like follow what we do and find where the gaps are and just li list those. I don't even care about your employment employment history. I don't really care about your you know education. Like those things obviously help you filter down that process. But yeah, just words. Um, if you can kind of score yourself out of five for five traits that you think makes a good person to join Rise or any business, then they help. But yeah, words, too many words is too much. Any kind of CVs you've received that have caught your eye in, in particular that you can think of? It's unbelievable. It's not something that we said to, to do. Like it just all automatically happened where people are sending creative CVs every day. Yesterday, I received a passport and it was Rise at 7 branded. You know, when your passport where you have like your photo and your location and then it has all the pages of everywhere you've been. Mm -hmm. um, well, she basically designed her photo, all of her information. And then every page is her experience. So like I've worked on this brand I've worked on this and it was really fun she also did like a boarding pass to how to get in touch with her and um, that was quite fun but one of my favorite ones it was unbelievable somebody created like an animated cartoon game they actually built it online where they sent the link to to me and they said right if you can get the, the little character which was him to the end of the game, which at the end was me stood in like a business office and you had to go through all of the baddies and jump jump across the buildings and all this sort of stuff. It was like kind of like Mario Kart, you know, that sort of thing. And he built it completely himself and just applied. And that was unbelievable, that the amount of creativity and effort that people go to. And although not everybody who goes to those lengths gets a job, with Rise at 7, what we do is we create content that catches attention. That's what we do. So if people can catch attention from day one, they already stand out as a as a good applicant. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Carrie, this has been really great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, if anyone wants to kind of follow you and your journey, um, how, how would they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, Carrie Rose PR is my Twitter handle, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. So it's quite consistent across. And I'm also vlogging the whole journey. So the whole journey of running a business that I've never ran before, I'm vlogging it. Every week we launch a new episode over on YouTube called The Source. So definitely check it out. Fantastic. Carrie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you.